over and done with. It's over and done with. You know that song? No, I don't. What? Tell really? me about it. It's the Proclaimers, right? What? What? The Whoop. Proclaimers? They had more than one song? What? They had two Interjections? songs. Interjections? No excitement? Or emotion? <laughs> You're really uh, ramping up to talk about musicals here. <laughs> Interjection! Um... <laughs> I, uh, I, can you give me an example of a time when I have not been ramping up to talk about musicals? I cannot. Just, so. just in the in our history together. I got the podcast here. His name is Encyclopedia Brunch, and Catherine and I, we've got a hunch can do. I got a horse over here, can and do. his name is Dan. We think I the podcast can do. In at the wrong can time. Do. <laughs> can do. Encyclopedia Brunch. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I wouldn't. I'm not going to be in sync anyway because of the delay. Oh, it, well. Working. Anyway, it's, how am I here, Tim? The worst fugue, fugue for podcast. <laughs> a fugue is in its a fugue state that we've entered now. Yep. Oh God, why did we rename the show Encyclopedia Bunch? We could have called it F- Fugue for Podcast. <laughs> so much worse. <laughs> Well, this is Encyclopedia Brunch, and my name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, through the internet, which puts a slight delay on her work, so we have very difficult time reenacting musicals, it's Catherine Kogart. It's good to be here. Is that, is that a little extra delay? That or? one was just for kicks. Uh, yeah, that was just, just for kicks. You I hurt me. Messing with y'all. Ha <laughs> So our topic this oh. week is the musical theater. Um... No, no, you don't like that. Wait, <laughs> I feel like I got to look. Uh yeah, no, love it, love okay, it. Sure, super into. You do love the musical yeah. theater, don't you? I, 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 um, yeah, I really, really like musicals. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean for that to sound accusatory. I just. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh. So I realized that at one point, I don't know if I did this on air or not, but. Just a reminder for anyone who doesn't know, at one point, I think it was this year's New Year's resolution, my resolution was to stop having complicated relationships with things. Mm. <laughs> like, for example, oh, I really like Moby, but I also hate that I like Moby, so it's kind of complicated. Oh, but that play um, album is so great. I don't know. I actually have very little opinions about Moby. It's mm. just the first thing that came to mind. I saw a lot of bald people today. <laughs> <laughs> And you just start humming, run on, don't go to diving. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I like uh, this idea. <laughs> Actually, you know, I have a friend who will, um, if you spend a lot of time with him, you'll notice he'll just start singing either Led Zeppelin or Who songs, just like, you know, random songs. And at one point I was like, hey, hang on. Like, I forget what it was exactly. I think he was talking about, like, food poisoning or something. And then he just started in, and if I swallow anything evil. And I was like, wait a second. When you start singing, like, random classic rock songs, is that, like, cued for some? And he's like, you know what? I think it is. I think, like, he knows those songs so well that, like, just visual cues will, like, bring him into... They're all just cross-referenced. Right, exactly. <laughs> in his neurons. Mm-hmm. He searches that database. Pulls out, uh, you know, That's like when we talked about Katrina, you know, uh, 
when the levee breaks. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bet, I, I bet you anything he hummed that to himself quietly without realizing it. Oh, that's horrible. Mm, it is a good song, though. Uh, okay. Can I do a podcast confessional right now? Absolutely. Okay. So... Please whisper. Maybe people will remember the Oso landslide, (laughs) which happened last year, or was it two years ago? Oh, I think it was at the beginning of this year. I'm not actually sure. The beginning of 2014, I think. Um, And uh, if you're about to admit you caused the landslide, no, I went to a seminar today about the Oso landslide because oh, some guy at UW is like talk, looking into causes of the Oso landslide and all that stuff and blah, 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 blah. And actually, it looks like it was probably natural, honestly, um, okay. like a genuine natural disaster. But for once, it's not our fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is sort of nice, isn't it? So I have this thing with the Oso landslide. It's very sad. 58 people died. But every time someone says the Oso landslide, I think to myself, oh, that's Oso sad. <laughs> and then I laugh. It's good. It's and good. it's the worst joke, but I do it every single time and I laugh. <laughs> it's good to find humor in these dark times. I think. <laughs> I am the worst person to tell you, to tell that like something like genuinely tragic has happened to you because I am thinking of like five jokes that I cannot say. <laughs> and so I say nothing <laughs> because like... I am desperately trying to hold back the levy. <laughs> we all have our own ways of dealing with tragedy. Okay. I think, well, yeah. And it's just, it's not your fault. It's just that the way that you process the tragedy is, is different than uh, most people's. You're different. And that's, yeah. that's lovely and beautiful. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I just try to be respectful and not say anything. But, like, this is just this is just how it is. Yeah. It's a nice sound, too. I think that's what gets you. Is it's both a, a pretty, you know, like, it's a pun. And also, Oso sounds like, oh, I just, yeah. Well, they did have shirts that say Oso Strong. Oh, so that's pretty so, good. like, to be fair, they were, like, embracing the pun. Yeah. So why can't I say that's Oso Sad? Well, I don't know. Now it feels a little cliche. Uh, no, I thought of mine first. Well, you didn't publish. I first mean, to publish. This is a first-to-file system on joke patents. (laughs) Kind of true. A little bit. A little bit. Mm. So that. Well, helium hips. (laughs) All right, Twinkle Toes. Um, that's called a call forward. Uh, the audience will be. It's called foreshadowing. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, that's foreshadowing for uh one of our break songs this episode. Um. (laughs) And all of these things uh, have to do, what, great tragedies, uh, uh, great resurgence, um, <laughs> dumb jokes, silly songs, musicals, right? It's all, yeah, uh, it's all just lining up as though we scripted it. God, this has been just the worst script. I should have, I'm sorry, I should have taken at least a second look at this. Like at least a second pass. It's just, I wrote it very late on a lot of coffee. Yeah, we shouldn't... Uh, While I was riding a horse. should not have taken all that cocaine. Should not have. Sure, but can you tell Why me... Why did I write in the script that I shouldn't be taking all this cocaine? Well, I mean, this remorse has really uh, gotten to you. It's understandable. So, Tim. Yes, Catherine. What's your favorite musical? Right now, it's probably Hamilton, like a lot of oh people. Oh my god, of course. Okay, that's like cheating. I know. <laughs> It's just like, really good. Okay, Catherine. what are your what are your top three non Hamilton musicals? Oh man, you're asking a lot for me. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm not really big on 
musicals uh, generally. When I listen to a musical, I you're lost. I, I know. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I I really do like the form, and uh, I just I don't know. Haven't gotten into it. I feel like I'm 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 missing out um, because there's so so much great stuff. And I mean, I don't know. Like mostly for me, musicals exist as uh, knowing that oh well that one song I happen to know and like comes from this musical. For instance, Fugue for Tin Horns sure. from Guys and Dolls, which is the greatest song yeah. about horse betting that uh, ever has been written. Um, or One Night in Bangkok from Chess, which sure. is about chess. It's about chess. <laughs> and it's the greatest song ever written about chess. <laughs> is it about chess? The thing about One Night in Bangkok is that it's mostly just sort of rambled thoughts. Like I was listening to it today <laughs> and thinking to myself, who is the point of view character in this song is this a chess player or like a guy it's the it's the american who's in the chess tournament against the russian oh i see um because there were just parts where it sounded like it was coming from the other side but maybe he was putting on the voice of someone like um like a character of like a, a a local in bangkok or something maybe that's what was going on um, I think he's singing just generally to the audience of mm. the chess tournament, as I understand it. Right. Well, um, my question still remains, uh, why, why is it just this weird mumbly talk singing? And then a great chorus, like the greatest chorus, but... <laughs> I... Well, the character has to get across his motivation right now. He has to tell the audience that he really likes chess. Right. Which... That seems to be the clear thing. Which he does most eloquently through lines like, I don't see you guys raging, the kind of mate I'm contemplating. Mm-hmm. I'd let you watch. I would invite you. But the queen's wheels would not excite you. I get my kicks above the waist. Line. Line. Sunshine. Sunshine. Sorry. It's okay. I have your back when it comes to one night in Bangkok. <laughs> nice. You're the real uh, arbiter or whatever. The, the referee, the chess referee gets a song in that musical. yeah he does doesn't he it's all just about like i watch everything you can't sway me i'm a super good referee (laughs) oh there was a time when i knew that song by heart (laughs) it's probably not worth it um so the the talk singing that we're talking about uh is called recitative is this familiar to you oh is it yeah okay the the yule brenner style yeah it's the style wherein um you're delivering harrison style the who? Rex Harrison? Rex Harrison is very famous for, in the My Fair Lady movie, talk singing all of his lines. Like saying, mm. I've grown accustomed to her face. I like see. breathing out and breathing in. And is... then the music is going underneath them to give you the illusion <laughs> that he's singing. <laughs> well, my question is, is it supposed to be that way or not? Because, so, for instance, well, it's very hard to tell with One Night in Bangkok. But, for instance, in... Uh, in, uh, in a number of sung-through musicals, musicals that have very little spoken dialogue, a lot of times they mm-hmm. just sort of fill in the gaps with this recitative stuff, which is like, it's basically, you're singing, but in the cadence of someone who is just talking, which means that there's less mm-hmm. repetition, there's more, you know, it's like, just like, as though I were talking to you, Catherine, right now. Yeah. 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 And that's like a pretty good The Reynolds cheat. pamphlet, have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Highlights. Um <laughs> Highlight. Oh man, Hamilton uh, is so good. <laughs> but 
Oh, also, I wanted to say Yul Brenner is also very famous for doing cock singing and like, shall we dance? Because he'll say, shall we dance? One, two, three. <laughs> and like Julie Andrews, I think he's like playing across from him. It's like has this beautiful singing voice. And he's like, shall we dance? Hello, Julie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> it only isn't weird because like this is a song that is played a lot like in the context of musicals mm. so people just take it for what it is but it's really weird when you think about it yeah well it's true of a lot of music well, all right. and musicals and musicals are so weird this is a good point let's talk about it a little more when we come back in just a moment Flashing on his ring Bowing left and right And here and there You're delightful Just floating That's Chester The trombone king And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch Talking about musicals Talking about musicals This is the spoken word interlude In the musical that is Encyclopedia Brunch The musical Actually it's just It's just called Encyclopedia Brunch Exclamation point You know to get the zazz across Sure. Yeah. What would uh, tell me about some of the songs in Encyclopedia Brunch, the musical? <laughs> um, well, there's there's a Catherine's I Want song. What do I want? Oh uh, gosh, what's I don't, my I wish? I've been trying to figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> if only for a minute he'd be quiet. If only <laughs> for a minute I could speak. <laughs> Why I'd have this whole podcast to myself. (laughs) Uh, Yep, that's what I'm looking for. A hostile takeover. And then you'd hear from me once a week. That's when the beat kicks in and then it's Oh, I love it. So this is this is like a thing with um with musicals though, right? Is that like and I think one reason that I've never quite get into the hook of them typically uh for instance i was listening to what is it like the 25th annual putnam county spelling bee what 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 year yes. is the spelling bee it is the 25th um putnam county spelling bee. my favorite musical of all time okay well i'll choose my words carefully here but my it's okay say it my concern was that i i was very into the emotional aspect of it right so uh I mean, we can cover this more, but like one thing musicals are great at is emotion. Um, and what I thought it was quite clever the way that, uh, you know, it's about a spelling bee. Right. And I thought that it was like doing a really good job of like capturing the high stakes emotions of being a kid in a spelling bee. Um, but at the same time, it did this thing that a lot of musicals do, uh, which is that every time it got to like some kind of hook or some like thing you could sink your teeth into, you'd get it for like three seconds, then you're back out. And then it's back to like some talk singing or like moving something along or like creating character motivation. Mm-hmm. And you never get like big booming choruses, you know, except for the reprise at the end or, or whatever. Um, so, for instance, in that one, it's there's this bit about uh, how the word you get is totally random and they just keep singing. It's pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Um because sometimes you get a good word and sometimes you get like, or well, you, sometimes you get a difficult word, sometimes you get an easy word. And there were like these fun little like jazzy parts where they were singing, you know, it's pandemonium. And I was like, yeah, pandemonium. All right, cool. And then they would just like move <laughs> off to like some 
you know, some kids singing about, uh, I don't know, whatever, how her parents are not uh, there at the spelling bee or something, and which was also good. Oh, but... my God. No, no, no. <laughs> what was me is amazing. What was me is amazing because she has two gay dads and they're really overbearing and they call her birth mother her BM. <laughs> Carl, don't call her that. <laughs> oh, that's not the one I was talking about, but okay. About she puts a lot of pressure on herself to be smart, be cool, be an adult, be remarkably adjoint in social situations. <laughs> And it's such a beautiful song, and it so perfectly captures what it is like to be 10 years old. <laughs> well, it's not the one I heard, so okay. <laughs> Maybe I, I should check that one out. I didn't finish the musical, but... Um... Uh, and then there's... Oh, there's... I'm not that smart with the kid, and he has all his brothers, and his brothers constantly tell him, you're not that smart. Mm-hmm. I'm schooled at home. What's what uh, breaks my heart? I'm not that smart, but then he like wins the whole spelling bee. Hey, <laughs> friggin' spoilers, dude! Come on, I told Sorry. you I didn't finish it. I... Okay, spoiler alert to my spoiler alert. I don't remember how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> it would but make I know sense. he makes it to like near the end. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is the thing that you've really keyed into in this is is the sort of the feeling of being a lost ten year old at a spelling bee or whatever like yes of being like i have to win this thing or my life is not going to work <laughs> oh but it's a spelling bee <laughs> yeah um what how do you feel about the music uh as as music you know what mm -hmm. i mean um I, I really like it. I'm going to say I really, really like it. I 100% understand why a lot of people don't key into that and they mm -hmm. think it's a little overwrought or a little much. Um, but like, I, it really it really taps into something about me, probably like my performative side, <laughs> which is why I do a podcast. <laughs> um, and like it really it keys into that aspect of me and I'm really able to get into it. <laughs> What about and that's why it? I like it. Like what what more what more does one need to like music, right? Well uh, Yeah. But like I'm I'm just trying to get at like what what about it? so you say it keys in your performative side. Are, mm -hmm. is is it because, you know, it's very big music and it's putting all the emotions out there? Or like I mean what yeah. lots of music could key in a performative side, right? It's all performance in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um <sighs> It makes me want to sing with mm. like really loudly with the music. Like for example, in the case of like Neil Patrick Harris singing anything, but when he sings like an Assassin's the Lee Art Harvey Oswald song, <laughs> <laughs> um, it just makes me want to belt out those lyrics with him while he's singing, and that's really satisfying to be able to do. And I guess that's what it really takes to get me to like a song is wanting to sing along with it. Wanting to sing along. And uh, yeah, I think the things that make me do that, I, I mean, I think wanting to sing along with things for me, is it's a matter of identifying with the music. I mean, you know, to some extent, there's some just like great friggin' songs that just like, you know, this hook is killer. Um, you know, like, uh, oh, I don't know, like that. Um, what's his face song? What's her face? Um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Like. You know what? That, I don't really identify with that "Call Me Maybe" Which song, one? but that is a that is a killer hook. Like, yeah. Um, but typically, when I'm singing along with a song, it's because it is both a song that I like and because I like something. I, I somehow identify with some part of it. Um, yeah. And 
so for me with musicals because there is so much more character development being done um mm-hmm. you know for instance i was listening to, to hamilton today uh and of course yeah well it's a great musical um and he just mentions in one bit his like his wife and his son and like because i know what goes on with the character like i got kind of emotional at the mention of his son in the song mm-hmm. um and so, I mean, I, I think that's the, I don't know, for me, that's why, like, singing along is, is something that I get into is because, like, there's so much development and I can feel those feelings along with the character. I can put myself in their shoes. Does that sound familiar? Or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the thing that comes to mind is, like when you when you brought up the Carly Rae Jepsen, like I don't really relate to the song, but it's a killer hook. Um, but it, like the hook is so good that it makes me want to relate to that song. Yeah. <laughs> and so while that song is playing, I am that character. <laughs> You're just some lady in a. I, you know, I don't even know what it's about. Like she's getting a phone number. But other than that, there's a wishing well involved. Yeah. Um, and this guy's I mean, like super like... in her way. It's just like for the duration of that Frankie Valley song, I am calling out for Sherry. Like this is a hundred percent true in this scenario. Is that song about her him just trying to like hook up with her? Like what's the She just he just wants her to come out tonight. Sure. Just tonight. You better ask your mama. Tell right. her that everything is all right. <laughs> Lie to her, Sherry. Lie to your mother. <laughs> I mean, Frankie Valley hasn't given us any information about whether things are or aren't all right. Right. He's an unreliable narrator, though, is what I'm trying to say. I think, yeah, I think you maybe you may have something there. All right. Well, let's reconsider Frankie Valley in this new dark light. And we'll be back <laughs> in a minute. I'm going to like a video of Brian. A Chicago style. And we're back on Encyclopedia Brunch talking about musicals. Hey, Catherine. Hey, Tim. My <laughs> voice cracked. Oh, I'm like a teenage boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've always said about you. Uh, so, how's school going? You uh, taking any good classes? Whatever. Yeah. Um, hmm. Gosh, your mother won't be back for a little while, huh? Um, so- <laughs> and that's my impression of a teenage boy. <laughs> and a scene. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did we learn here today? <laughs> um, they're, they'll develop to be better people someday. Uh, so musicals are super weird, right? They're really weird. What? So, so far we've mentioned a, uh, hip hop podcast about a founding father, a Mm -hmm. weird seventies musical about chess. Sorry, you're right. Hip hop (laughs) musical, musical podcast, podcast musical. (laughs) They're virtually the same thing. Well, when you're doing it with us, they are. (laughs) Is there any chance that a podcast and musical are, are actually opposites 
Uh, I don't want that to be true. I don't know though. Okay, so what I was thinking was, you know, we know that, or we've discussed that musicals are big and about emotion, and they, you know, one thing about a lot of musicals is like there's not a ton of plot in a lot of these. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like a guy goes here or something like that, or there is a spelling bee, um, because a lot of it is more metaphorical or a lot, you know, there's just less literalness in the musical, right? Because it, it takes place in an elevated reality where people just sing. Um, then like a play, you mean? Uh, yeah, I guess. Or, or, you know, a lot of narrative works, right? The musical is a narrative work, but it's not as narrative. It's one of our least. I disagree. I think, think the so? fact that you actually put the song in to like, say this character is feeling this right now makes it more literal. Um, that sounds wrong. Okay, well, I guess we just have different takes on literal then. What, what what do you mean in that in that way? Like, I mean that like for example, in an I Wish song, like mm-hmm. in a book, you just see a character like looking wistfully out a window. Whereas like in the musical, there, let's take like five minutes here for this character to talk about how she really wants that thing that's outside of the window. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Point taken. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's just say then that it is less. Uh, has less realism perhaps um it's not just you know it's it's not just like setting a camera in front of something and then like real life happens um right like there, yeah there is true. abstraction i buy that um, yeah and i so what i was thinking earlier was that perhaps it is the opposite in one way of uh like a sci-fi novel wherein it's you know Especially like a hard sci-fi novel where it's a lot of just like, here is how this machine works. Then the machine worked. And then there's just like plot, plot, plot. Because like the characters are just stand-ins. Um, it's just like, well, I don't know. Some objects need to be moving the plot forward. <laughs> Might as well be characters. Um, I mean, don't confuse the medium and the genre here though, right? Because the media, uh, a musical about a hard sci-fi, based on a hard sci-fi novel, no problem. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, do you think there is one? I don't know. I don't I know of maybe someone out there knows and they'll tell me about it and my day will be made. Sure. Uh encyclopediabrunch at gmail dot com or at who likes brunch. There it is. Um Well, you know, I feel like it sounds like you're trying to protect the genre of musical from being pigeonholed. Uh and I guess I'm just trying to like pin it down somehow or are they though, right? Like you know, th- it's a particular thing, no? No, I don't think I have to protect anybody. I mean, Hamilton just came out, and that totally broke, like, all kinds of standards around what it is to be a musical. It's true. Um, and, like, the the musical genre, like, defines itself. Like, it doesn't need me to protect it. I, I'm just pointing out here <laughs> that, like, it's... I don't think anything would make a good, like any story would make a good musical. I think that very specific types of stories make very good musicals. Mm, Um, Like how? uh, I think they have to be stories that require emotional points, you know, like emotional like beats. You know what I mean? Where you really need the audience to key into the emotional beats. Right. Those are the stories that make good musicals. I guess what I was saying was that um, something like The Martian, while a fine book, probably would not make a great musical. Although I would love to see someone try. uh, Because it is. It doesn't really have a lot of emotion. It's just, you know, things happening. And like clever puzzles being solved. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, what I was trying to get at. You're right. Like, of course, there are exceptions. But I think, I think, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, like there are... 
a lot of nerd novels uh, do tend towards the plot-driven, and a lot of musicals do tend trend towards the emotional. I don't know what what would be a good musical that was like not super emotional. Can can we imagine such a thing? Is there any way? Um, it would be a very different type of experience. I think because yeah. like, I think you would have to engage a different part of your brain. Um, so maybe if it were like an ambiance musical, <laughs> like if you used ambiance music in your musical, what does that then mean? it would be fine to make it like Moby. <laughs> Sure, just like something nice to have Here's on. Here's what I'm pitching. Here's what I'm pitching. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, oh, the Hunger Games mm-hmm. musical, but it's also slash Moby Jukebox musical. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. No, there's a lot of play there, <laughs> I think. Hey, thanks for trying to go on the journey with me. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Like, that's actually like... How far is that from the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark musical? Which, I mean, that's actually kind of a similar idea. Uh, is it? Re- I have not listened to that soundtrack at all. Well, I mean, me neither. But just, you know, the concept is, here's this, like, action-adventure thing, and now we're going to make it a... Well, I guess it's not a jukebox musical, because it wasn't U2 songs. It was just songs U2 wrote. Um, yeah. Okay, so, it, not exactly, but awfully close. We're I'm, we're going in that direction, mm. considering what a huge hit Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was. Sure got a lot of buzz. Buzz is everything in this business. Mm, Why are bees so powerful? <laughs> well, they got the honey lobby behind them. Um, and the I'm queen. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> queen bee. <laughs> is secretly a bee person. <laughs> Is what? Is Queen Bee a regular person? <laughs> I, I, here's what I'm proposing. Let's throw out this lizard person and Illuminati nonsense. And let's really consider that Beyonce is a bee person. <laughs> oh, that Queen Bee. Yeah, she could be. Yeah, I buy it. I think she probably uh, probably controls, uh, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not millions of uh, helpers via pheromones, mostly. That makes sense. Mostly pheromones, yeah. Not entirely. Um, There's also a paycheck. Her hair is kind of bee colored. <laughs> yeah, and it's always collecting all that pollen in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so musicals. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we made a lot of good progress here. Well, I think so. I think our. Uh, I mean, can we get Jennifer Lawrence to sign on to our uh, Moby musical or or no? I think we have to get Moby first. Yeah, he's 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 the he's the queen bee of the operation for sure. Oh, no. <laughs> that means we have to get the honey lobby on board. Starting any musical production, I learned this from the producers, um, is uh-huh. it's a matter of identifying who is the head of the insect conspiracy within that uh, production. And you only get one. There can only be one oh, queen bee per production. Wait, how was that in the producers? It was in the producers. You don't remember that song? Uh, no, I don't remember that song. The Which queen song bee. That? Find the queen bee. Got to get the queen bee. <laughs> no? No. Nope. Oh, man. Nathan <laughs> Lane did a great job with it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Um, I remember if you got it flaunted. And then the whole the whole chorus would come in behind him and they go, honey, 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 <laughs> honey, 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 honey
Yeah. Really? That's weird. No, they really took some liberties with the revival. It's very strange that you don't remember that. I mean, they all were wearing like bee costumes. Um, and uh, uh, they sprayed honey onto the audience. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that, that's probably why, because I don't think they kept that number in after they sprayed honey over, all over the audience. Well, sure. No one you could get out. You stuff to Broadway. Yeah. Well, it is, it is the top. Uh, it is the, the apex of musical theater. The top of the pops. The top of the symphony. Well, not quite pops. Musical music, not pop music. Mm. So, did you know this? That uh, you probably knew this. That there is like a definition for Broadway theater. I did know this. Yeah. Mm. What What's the number? And there's a definition for off Broadway. Right. What is What and is then that? Anything below that is off off Broadway. Because mm-hmm. it's not quite there. Well, so I think what, it's like more than 500 is Broadway. Seats. Like people. Yeah. Seats. And then I think it's 100 to 500 is off Broadway. That makes sense. And then that, it's, it's a small black box artwork. So there are, there are Broadway shows that aren't on Broadway Street in New York. Right. And there are off Broadway shows that are on Broadway. Wrong seat size. Mm. It actually seems like a fairly sensible metric for like how big is your show. But... I think maybe it's it's just a it's a matter of the fact that like the industry itself is so small that it feels weird to be like wait so there's just these like forty ish theaters that are like the best and everything else is not good. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know. It's kind of dumb, right? It's kind of dumb. Yeah, I think people just like to have metrics, you know. And this is the metric that uh, musical theater has chosen, or just happened, I guess. I mean, yeah, pre- no, metrics are important. It's really important to collect data. Mm-hmm. Got to collect that data. Oh. Well, all right. Let's uh, continue our, our collecting data, flying from data point to data point, collecting little bits of data on our uh, fuzzy, fuzzy legs. Gross. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're a bee person. Oh, I get it now. We'll have more honey for you next week. Until then, that's Catherine Kroger over there. Tim Dobbs right over here. Bye. Bye.